Well, good day and welcome to Monday's Experts. And as I always say every Monday, it's an opportunity for us to hear a little bit of the story behind the name. This next gentleman, we hear him regularly when we talk about not only just Tamworth Racing, but country championships, Kosciuszko's highways, and he has really cemented himself as one of the premier country trainers in New South Wales and he's getting the support of some big syndicators and some very, very loyal owners. Uh, of course, we were in Tamworth last week for the country championships uh, when we broadcasted on Friday and it's great to chat with Cody Morgan. Cody, welcome to the, the Tab Bus and uh, welcome to Monday's Experts, mate. Thanks very much, Dave. Thanks for having me. Are you nervous? Are you nervous about this, mate? Do you like talking about yourself? No, not really. <laughs> not really. <laughs> well, let's just try... I'll, a lot of my guests, like we say, when I had uh, Chocovello on last week, he said by the end of it he'd forgotten where he was and was just having a yarn as if we are in a pub somewhere just having a schooner and, and talking about life. Let's go right back to the start, mate. Uh, where were you born and what was your first memory of a horse? Well, I was, uh, I was born on Melbourne Cup Day. in uh, Fair income. Yeah, yeah. Um, what a nuisance one. So that's always been a running joke um, that year in 85 and then um, grew up in Corindoy. Um, so mum and dad were originally from over at sort of Port Macquarie, Kempsey Way, but they moved out uh, there and on a cattle property and, um, yeah, born in Crindor and had my first race ride there. Um, how, what about uh, being born on, on Cup Day? Because, you, like, racing's always been the blood. So how did that go with the old man and mum? Like, were they, <laughs> they, must, they must have been thrilled with the timing. Yeah, for sure. Mum always says something about, you know, the doctor had, had a few bets and, and what have you. Um, but, uh, yeah, I probably because we were so uh, into rodeos as younger people that, um, you know, it probably wasn't spoken about too much until I got into racing. What about your, uh, so were you, are you the youngest? Because I know, like, how many are in your family? How many brothers? Uh, just, just, no, just Luke and, Luke and I. Um, I'm four years older, but uh, he's always been the boss <laughs> Most of those years. Is but, he the yeah. favourite? Does he get looked? The is he looked after more? Ah, uh, he'd say I am favourite child. No, he'd say I am. Yeah, but uh, no, no, we're, we're both pretty even. So you grew up in Corindai, uh, and so your family. Uh, tell us a bit about like your family history with your mum and dad. So were they in, into the rodeo scene? How, how, how did it work? Yeah, so pretty much, you know, dad's in the Hall of Fame for Australian rodeo. He sort of, I think he's won twenty Australian titles. Um, Mum won Australian titles in in the rodeo, and obviously so did my brother. I was uh, I was the only one that uh, didn't there. I wasn't much good at it, but um, you know it was a great lifestyle growing up. Like now, uh, I can jump in a car and go to pretty much any rodeo ground in Australia. Um, you name it, I've I've probably been there. Fair yeah. and and so from learning a little bit about your your parents' history, I mean, was that in their blood in their generation? Like how did they? Get into radio, right? Uh, it was more so my mum's side of the family. Um, my my uncle's actually Australian champion as well with the Saddle Bronx. Um, my my mum's brother, and uh, they're into all the camp drafting. A lot of a lot of the brothers, and then um, you know, dad. I to be fair, I don't know. He sort of how he got into it, but uh, he rode. Uh, show, he was did show jumping as a kid and rode at Sydney Royal and that show jumping, and then and then he got right into the rodeo, and um, so did so did mum and. Um, and then obviously Luke and I, we tagged along and competed yeah. from a really young age. So you've you're growing you're growing up around the you're growing up around animals, horses, etc. Uh, how were you at school? Were you good at school? Uh, it's probably just more fear of uh, the my parents sort of saying if you're bad at school you uh, you know couldn't go to the rodeos on the weekend. That was always a pretty good uh, 
deterrent for us to, to behave at school. Um, weren't that great at it. I wasn't that uh, smart, but uh, neither was Luke either for that matter. <laughs> but, um, yeah, we just we got through. What about sport? Did you play much sport at school? No, I was hopeless at that too. Um, yeah, I was only good once we sort of got to the... Uh, uh, the horse side of it, yeah. you know, the the Jim Carner side of it, I I, I excelled, but yep. um, I played junior uh, football with um, some guys that end up going to Sydney and playing first grade, and <clears throat> I'd run into him in Tamworth and always uh, say to myself, "The worst player on the best team," and he said, uh, "We all need an orange peel, okay?" <laughs> <laughs> and I said, yeah, fair enough, but yeah, we won a couple of comps, and I was uh, yeah, I was hopeless at that. Okay, so you so you're growing up around these animals. Um, when you mentioned the the race ride, we'll get to that in a moment. But do you remember your first time on the on the on the back of a horse? Not really. Uh, just from literally the time we could walk. You know, yeah. that, that was it. We were on on a fairly big cattle property and. Um, Luke and I just, you know, we would get Shetland ponies and break them in and, you know, all sorts of things to, um, you know, just entertain ourselves, so to speak. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so rode steers and, and horses every afternoon. That you're now still using in day-to-day life, just about in terms of, you know, was it work ethic, you know, all, all that sort of stuff, just from what you saw from mum and dad and what they were doing. Horsemanship. Yeah, I really think the horsemanship something that just take for granted now because you just yeah. I think that is the the biggest thing um, now. Uh, for obviously Luke breaks in for some of the biggest um, studs in Australia, and um, you know I, I think from a young age it just becomes natural. One thing I've I've learned too from chatting with you, and we'll get into your your training career, but. I love how you and your brother, you don't, and it's not saying that others don't do it, but it seems like, especially you guys, don't give up on horses. You like horses that have the quirks, and not saying you've got all the time in the world to iron out every crease, but it becomes a bit of a challenge, and I'm wondering if that comes from where you've come from, because, you know, you've you've grown up, you haven't grown up around Blue Bloods, you've grown up with, you know, what you had, and, and you've had to learn, really learn the animal. Yeah, for sure. I think that was that. That's probably our nation. With you know the first few horses that we got from Australian Bloodstock, for that matter, the first few horses we we got from Derby Racing. They they not easy by any means, and oh, I don't think I would have got most of those going without Luke. There, to be fair, um, you know, I rode up until the last couple of years, but that's still that's been the transition period where I've been lucky enough to to get these. Uh, bigger owners mm. through the door and then to be able to you most of the time they go out to Luke's and he sorts them out and if he can't sort them out I sort of they don't come in here but um, most of the time we we win the battle with them all right when did you first get into thoroughbred racing very uh that's the one thing I always remember we had a a close family friend that we still are now and he he uh he was from Crindai and he was sitting at our dinner table and, and honestly I'd never watched a race in my life and I would have been in year eight at school and doing the steer riding and um, all that at the time and he said uh, one sentence he said you know you should you should be a he he trained a couple of horses one or two he said you should be a jockey he said you could make lots of money and leave school and I just never forgot those words I'm like where do I sign up and um, I left school end of year, year nine. So, yeah. Mm. And how did that process? So, what? Well, first off, what was the reaction from mum and dad? Were they 
Were they keen and said, yeah, yeah, leave school, go and ride? No, no. 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 They said uh, if you didn't make it within the first 12 months, you've got to go back to school. So same thing again. I was pretty determined. I wasn't a brilliant jockey, but it would just give me a, a racing's give me a great start. Yeah. Yep. So where did, did you start? Where was your, where was your sort of, who was your boss? I, I remember writing letters when I was probably uh, 14 uh, to, to Ron Quinton. Oh, and um, he wrote back a letter straight away and said, you know, come down for school holidays. Uh, so I was probably 14. And um, he said, look, you can room with our apprentice. I think his name was Hugh Bowman. So, yeah, we, uh, I was 14, got the, you know, the big smoke, so to speak, and uh, went down for school holidays and... Um, Hugh just looked after me like he didn't know who I was but you know took me around and stayed there for the for the school holidays I think I did a, a couple of um, stints there and then, was that your first time in the in the big big smoke oh for sure yeah I was oh, I'd been down there with rodeoing yeah. and whatnot but like but, first time you were sort of you yeah. know let out so to speak from like, Tamworth you know? yeah I, I remember <laughs> my, I remember my mum being worried and she obviously rang uh, Hugh's mum up and she was really good and just sort of said, you know, asked her a few questions and it was uh, fine. But, yeah, just went down for work experience. Yeah. Um, and then my first gig was I uh, went out to uh, Rodney Robs at Ningen um, and I did sort of three months out there and learnt to ride in a pad and um, he was tremendous. Um, he, I, I stayed with... Uh, Rodney and Wendy, and they, they took me in the home, and um, it's, it's, you know, snow was there, and um, Brett, and um, so we, it was racing of a morning and pig hunting of an afternoon, and I thought, geez, this is, this is pretty good, yeah. um, so we're out there for three months, um, and then, I, to be fair, I, I got homesick, and uh, come back to Ted Tamworth, and, and started my apprenticeship with um, Tim and Craig Martin. And then away you went? Yeah, yep, yep. So, well, to a degree. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's, it started to obviously gain a bit of momentum and you were, you know, do you feel like at the time uh, you could be doing now what you're doing now without that experience of, of being on the horse? Not saying you were the, the world's best jockey, but again, those instincts, that learning from, you know, being a part of the animal out there as one galloping around. Oh, most definitely. Uh, being Having been an apprentice for, I think it was three or four years, um, yeah, it's definitely a major help, and then it's obviously helped me with with my apprentice now, with Jackson. You know, so it's um, yeah, it goes on from. So you do that for a period of time, and then at what point was it just a matter of height, weight? What like what what was the main reason? Yeah, for... so uh, I outrode um, my country claim. I, I had uh, Mitchell Bell and I had our first race ride in the same race at Crindai, and I think it was the only time I beat him in two years after that. So well, I won my first race, and I still remind him now, but. Um, I always joke with my brother, say, how good could I have been if Mitchell didn't start at the same time in Tamworth? Because <laughs> he was, um, Mitchell just, yeah, he was very good. And obviously, um, if I was a horse, they placed me well because uh, Mitchell went to Sydney um, and there was always going to be better opportunities for me in Adelaide. So I went over there to be apprenticed to, um, to Tony McAvoy at Lindsay Park and that was a, a great experience. Well, what was that like? You talk about going down for school holidays and being homesick, and even going out to Ningen. How did you go over in Adelaide? I mean, that was uh, a great experience. But I was a bit older, Dave. Yeah, it made it a lot easier. I was sort of seventeen and had a car, and and uh, went back. I went over there claiming three kilos, and, and like I was there twelve, eighteen months, and I just I did. I rode winner after winner. I think I rode a city winner eleven weeks straight. Like it was just yeah, it was great, and they. 
The best thing about for an apprentice was Angerston because no fast food. You're you know a couple of hours from the, the city, and they just looked after you so well there at Lindsay Park. They you know couldn't speak highly enough of them. You would have been absorbing so much as well um, in terms of their practices, or is it just too hard because it was all everyone thinks that that's probably where I've learnt to train. Honestly, I learnt to not eat and jog and sauna. Um, <laughs> I wish I took more in. Um, like, I I always think my claim to fame is I galloped Fields of Omar um, on the Tuesday before he won his first Cox Plate. and At the Valley? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, like, I, at the time, I didn't realise how big a deal it was that they'd left a 17-year-old boy on him to, you know, to give him his last gallop going into a Cox Plate. And <clears throat> I come back to the... Uh, Everyone was standing there, and to me, obviously, I didn't know the enormity of it. But I come back in, I said, "Oh, he'll beat Lon Rowe on Saturday," and I was only tongue and cheek. But um, yeah, he came out and he, he won. Uh, I rode him every morning uh, for for the twelve eighteen months I was there. And uh, best horse you ridden? Toughest, not not probably. Um, yeah, like he's he's obviously not the yes the best horse I've ridden, not the fastest. And I look back now with so admiration, like how. They kept him sound because he yeah. was not a sound horse to ride track work. Um, don't think they mind me saying that, but he, how they got him fit without, they just do a little bit of everything. Like he'd be on the treadmill, he'd be swimming, be working on a Sunday, and I, I wish I took more of that in from a training point of view. But to be fair, I was just um, yeah jogging, sweating. Um, I was sort of starting to get bigger when I was the yeah. first couple of years I rode. I was just a boy. I was 15, um, 16, and I was yeah quite light, to be fair. Um, but then by the time I could actually ride well enough, I was getting heavier. So, um, yeah, it was a balancing act. Uh, what is the best horse you reckon you've ridden? Jeez, I rode it does, some... It doesn't have to be in a race. It could have been, in, you know, just at home in the gallops. Yeah, look, I, I, I reckon I rode some really good two-year-olds over there at the time. I think there was a horse... Light in the night. I think it broke a track record at either Mooney Valley. Uh, it mightn't have even been its name. It was uh, a black horse of theirs, and uh, it was. Uh, I think he broke the track record at uh, Caulfield at the time. And mm. I, his name escapes me, but uh, he was probably the fastest horse ever sat on. One thing I'm I'm fascinated by, and I spoke with this about uh, with Chalk last week, is that um, you know you've been in situations where you ride country horses, but then you're in a situation where you're riding a you know, a champion, you know, uh, mm. winning weight for age races, etc. You mentioned that Fields of Omar, you know, wasn't the, the quickest horse, but he was tough. As a young uh, bloke, and now from someone that was riding track work here with your own horses, what are you, what are you looking for? It's Because it's not all just about speed. Are you looking for the intelligence? Is it about what's between their ears? I just, it's just the, the feel they give you. I know that sounds um, cliche, but it's just that, you know that they, they collect up and what is strength. that? What is that feel? I know it's uh, probably balance, strength, strength from behind, balanced. Uh, that those are the couple of things. And when you're on them, you know that they're not narrow between between your legs. You know that you you feel like you're you got a motor. You, you, you got like a motor, yeah. and that's um, like I, I remember even riding um, Todd Howlett's good horse at the time, Starve Octagonal. Like I remember I rode him just a couple, once or twice. Todd and I are good friends and. Straight away, you could feel why he was a good horse. I rode the Jackal a lot early days, and, and like they're big, strong horses. Um, and 
you know, they all sort of feel the same, to be fair. So you're in Adelaide. Uh, at what point does it all stop? What point do you go, right, no more? I was getting I was getting heavier and heavier. Like, it was just a, every week I was getting really good rides and I would, you know, you would hardly be eating at all, all week. And then you'd ride a couple of winners and, and then you'd have How dinner. hard is it on, mentally on you, the, the not eating and all that? Oh, Jesus, fairly long time ago. Now I don't. I eat that much now. I forgot what it feels like. No, but but, it, but as a kid though, like you know, it's, yeah, I was just very disciplined. Yeah. I think uh, I was um, extreme. Like, and I had a lot of the senior riders over there, like Paul Gatt and that. They used to say to me, "Mate, you're very disciplined with your with your weight." Um, I come through with Todd Panel, and he's still riding and obviously doing really well. And just blows my mind that he can still be 55 kilos because I'm probably 20 or 30 kilos heavier than him now. So. Yeah. So, okay, so you start... And then what? what's the progression after Adelaide? We came back here or did yeah, you... Yeah, I, I, I came back here and Dad had probably half a dozen in work and he only had his trainer's licence so that um, Luke could start his apprenticeship. And so Luke was apprenticed to Dad because Luke wanted to have a go at it. Yep. And... Um, I just put my dentures under Dad and come here, and I was pretty much, for six months, I was a leading rider with Greg Ryan. I think I was beating Greg at the time, just in our area here, not, not all over the state. Yep. Um, and then I'd always planned, um, the, the World Rodeo Finals are always in Las Vegas in December, and I must have come back from Adelaide uh, halfway through the year, and Dad said, just, just ride till Christmas. And I thought, well, yeah, okay. And I've sort of rode 50 six or seven, um, and come back here and rode for that six months. And then I retired, uh, had my last ride, knowing that it was going to be my last one at um, Narromine. And I remember pulling up in the race and I thought, geez, I, I just felt so blessed because I'd been in races where, you know, people had lost their, like, lost their lives. I remember being in a race in Adelaide where uh, the lady lost her, her leg and you think, geez, like I've had a couple of thousand rides and I had a couple of rip and falls myself and, and to come to out the other end of it, I thought, geez, I'm really grateful. And this horse was an old open handicapper and <clears throat> coming back to scale and it's shining through me. <laughs> so I was like, <laughs> like, not bad, but yeah, I, I do remember that. <laughs> but um, yeah, so it was, I was very grateful to, you know, to come out the other side of it and, um, you know, because... I've just, uh, you know, got so much admiration for all the jockeys out there. It's yeah. not, not easy. What about so? What about the Vegas thing? Did you go to the Yeah, thing? yeah, yeah. I went over, Dave, and... Uh, First I, time in Vegas? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And, that, were you single? Yeah, yeah. So you uh, just went, how good, Vegas, here we go. Only problem was, I think I was still only 19, so you got to be oh, 21 there. Oh, right. And, uh, so, but the rodeo finals goes for 10 days, and I'd always... In, Wanted, how, how do you get into that? Did you have to qualify? No, you no, I, I, no, no. I went, I went for holiday. Like oh, sorry, right. So you weren't sorry. competing. No, God, mate. No. You could have let us down the garden path there. No, 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 no. So you've just decided let's holiday up in Vegas. Yeah, yeah. For the rodeo finals. Yeah. And um, look, we went over, and and I remember, I think I left Tamworth. Uh, sorry, from being a jockey about. 56, and I think I got home about 67. In, in <laughs> I think I was putting a kilo on a day over there just eating, and I remember I bought all these really nice clothes, and I thought, I'll buy size up from what I'm wearing now, you know, because I was wanting to then transition into going to the rodeos and um, do what Dad did, you know, and ride saddle bronc horses, and 
I bought all this really nice clothes and new hat and I got back to Tamworth and about two weeks later, uh, went to my first rodeo, middle of January, nothing fit me. <laughs> yeah, so I had to give that all away. So when, okay, so you, you come back and you start, when does the training career, when did the training career start for you? Because so, your old man's obviously training yep, to, yep. Get, to get Luke through. Yep. Um, probably, I, I went then and rodeoed for probably two years, but in that period, I, I, I just continued, continued to ride track work for Craig, um, Martin, Paul St. Vincent, Sue, um, and it was just, you know, get a wage and then go rodeo on a weekend and because uh, I still loved doing the horses. It kept me fit and um, went through the rodeo stage and then probably two years into it, um, pretty injury prone and I broke my leg, um, my right leg quite bad and which stopped me from riding saddle bronx again and then that took a fair while to, to get right, and by that stage I realised I was always going to train, but I just trained, end up training five years earlier um, than Being I was expected, going to. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and look, I always, like, pretty much Craig Martin and Barry Lockwood, I, I believe, you know, I've, I've learnt everything I know pretty much off those two trainers. Like, I just, still now, I, I think, because I, I had sort of transitioned into having sort of one and two in work, up at Craig's, and then I'd just rob work and yeah. get a wage and, and so forth. And uh, I still look now, at, you know, races on Saturday, Sunday here, and think, uh that's what work Craig did with that horse. And you know, they, it'd be ten years ago, but I still remember what work they did on what day and and how we went about it. And I still think that whenever he, him or Barry get the horse flesh, they're as good a trainers in in the country. I just think they're brilliant trainers. Yeah, uh, tell us about those injuries um more so i know you had a nasty yeah uh, that was nasty the incident here but on that uh you're breaking of your leg how did you go with that injury because you hear like some and i think it's the case with everyone that if they get crook or they get injured they get you know you get you're frustrated i mean you're used to mm. this fast-paced life you're used to dealing you know riding using your uh, your body yeah. How did you go when you were crook? We did it, did it? Yeah, I think I ended up having 14 operations over a few years on my right leg. Um, like it just it just never come right and end up having a, a full what, Can I ask fusion. what happened at the... Um, yeah, I just got thrown into the air probably six or eight metres one night at uh, Wyong. And um, I remember I come back and I thought, geez, that's no good, that foot. Um, and... I rode track work the next morning. I remember I rode the jackal track work, and I was like, oh, this is this is no good, this leg. And um, I'd had it x-rayed, and they said it was clean. And as it turned out, I, I sort of went back um, a week or so later because it was no good, and it happened to be broken in seven places. And so then that was... Um, so they x-rayed and said it was mm, good. And yeah, then it was no, no. And then, yeah, places. so it was... Um, boy, oh, boy. So that was... It was not much good, and that quite a while to, to so get... couldn't drive, couldn't do anything, because that's your nah, accelerator. No, nah, it, was, it was ordinary, but honestly, it was child's play compared to when I broke the other one. The the one when track work here, 18 months ago. Well, yeah. t- and if, if you don't mind, yeah. so, the, so you, that was the morning. Now, what was that horse? Uh, the horse was called Ronan's Rock. It was, it was, he's a quiet horse. It was just a, just an accident, but um, he stumbled coming off the track at speed. He just, it was in the next day, I literally, Brody, who works for me, I, Said to him, I was just coming across the gap. I said, I reckon this can nearly win on uh, tomorrow. No sooner I said that, he lunged forward, trum- um, stumbled, and I, I went over his head, and my right foot stayed in the stirrup, and he drugged me five or six metres, and 
the best way to describe it was like uh, when you see those soccer videos when their legs just literally at right angles. Like my boot, my RM Williams boot was just sideways and I was just laying there just thinking, uh, get me to Sydney and get this plated as soon as we uh, can. But that was, that was real average and... and like was that the other leg? Was that, mm. So that was your left? Yeah. So it's, it ended up having a few operations um, on it as well. So horses have given it to me. So, um, But, you know, that's the nature of the beast, and I wouldn't have it any other way. You, you said that you are training five years before you thought you'd be training. Um, are you surprised in, in how, you know... Or the quality of horse you've got. I mean, because, I mean, I saw you put up a tweet about Australian bloodstock. Um, you know, that that truck rolls in and you go, how good? And, and yes, they're not... Not everyone's a Ferrari that comes off, but you kind of remind me, like I was saying, of that... Uh, what's that show on Discovery Channel where they get the they get the cars and they spruce them up? Yeah, because you've got that time and effort and you can, you can place these horses well and they turn into the Ferraris of Tamworth. Oh, for sure. And it's just so many options uh, with what Racing New South Wales and Mr. Landis has done. That That's just changed the dynamics. Um, it, it's really, uh, with the highway races and country championships and Kosciuskos, it just, you know, it's changed everything to where previously, probably when, you know, Tim Martin and that were here, you had to move to Sydney to go to that next level where now... You can stay here and, and make a good income. Yeah. Um, Cody, what do you want to achieve in the next five years? Country championships and Kosciuskos, they're, they're the, the big goals. Um, and just, you know, can probably being more consistent down in the highway races. Um, just, I had 15 in work a few years ago. Then we had 30. And then I said, no, nah, that's enough. And then we had 40. And, you know, we've we probably got 50 and 10 in pre-training and, well, every someone's nice enough to give you a horse, um, I think you you take them on and, and do the very best job you can, and you know the, don't put a number on it and see where it takes us. But um, like Lucy and I have head down, bum up, and, yeah. and do the very best we can. Um, and obviously, we're gonna you know we, we could talk for hours and hours and hours. That's what I love about these segments because you just start uh, floating away. But you've had some low points in your career. You've had some high points. What's the one mantra that you live by? What do you you know you, you because I'm sure at the low points, like I've been at low points in my entire life, I go wake up and go, I don't want to be doing this. We're going to be doing something else. When you're in those moments, and then when you're in the good times, like uh, country championships and Kosciuszko opportunities and whatnot, what are you what are you telling yourself internally? Uh, when I've been at the bottom, and when we've had good success, I think all you can do is, is let the horses do the talking. You know, you make mistakes and you work really hard. You know, and it's just going to take it's time. You know, and just continually. Uh, doing the very best with the horses that you're given and at the end of the day I'm doing something that I absolutely love and I couldn't imagine not doing this is what I want to be doing in 30 years training racehorses I love it and just be the best trainer I can possibly be with the horses we've got and have a good life Cody pleasure talking to you mate Um, look forward to seeing you in town very very soon and uh, thanks for coming on Monday's Experts thanks for having me Dave